Hey, Danielle. <laughs> um, I've been listening to your show for a while and I'm such a fan of what you do. Uh, this is my first time submitting a question, but uh, I was wondering if you had any advice about how to have a good girls trip. I was invited to um, for the end of the year and I'm excited, but I'm also terrified that it doesn't go well. Am I just in my head? With cooler weather, an increase in vaccinations, travel deals abounding, and a universal case of cabin fever, many women are considering taking a girl's trip with their closest friends. And so whether there are two of you taking a staycation at a local Airbnb or a gaggle of eight women who are flying cross-country, there are a few things you'll want to keep in mind so that the trip works to bring you closer together and doesn't become a source of tension. So in this week's episode, I'm going to give you one two benefits of taking a girl's trip, two, four things to plan to help everyone keep their sanity, and three, the one thing you have to do if this trip ends up going sideways. So if you're considering taking a little trip of your own, then stay tuned because we're going to discuss how to have a getaway without the drama. This is Friend Forward, the podcast. And if you're having girl problems, we got you. I'm Danielle Byer Jackson, a certified friendship coach, and I am here to help you through it. So at this point, you may have noticed that it's become a staple of every Real Housewives episode. The women are already experiencing some kind of tension when a cast member has the bright idea to take a trip, as if going to Mexico isn't just a matter of moving their cursing and table throwing from one country to another. I mean, it quickly goes from this. Now we will be going. To this. And I threw up. She's paranoid. The night before I came. Because I don't want to be a part of this. Go to sleep! Go to sleep! You're crazy! Go to sleep! No, don't be mean to her. She has a problem. You're insane! Now, while many could argue that some of those ladies aren't really friends to begin with, and so therefore drama is inevitable, there are a few cardinal trip rules that they break that even the most well-intentioned group of friends can commit. So let's talk about it. Okay, first, I want to start by saying that girls trips can actually be super therapeutic. If you've been on a successful girls trip, then you know this to be true. There are two benefits of getting away together. The first is this. I've referred to the study before, but I want to place it in this particular context. There is a very popular study that was conducted by researchers at the University of Kansas, and they attempted to quantify how many hours it takes to to make a friend, right? And they found that it takes 50, five, zero hours to feel like, oh yeah, I'm familiar with her. We're associates. It takes about 90 hours to feel like, oh my gosh, yes, that is my friend. We are friends. And 200 hours or so to feel like that is my best friend. So for those of us who are still in a place where we're trying to learn more about our friend or to spend time with her or to deepen the friendship we already have, 
it helps to have some kind of extended period of time together because it almost expedites the process of getting closer because we're clocking those hours in a very quick way. That's why sometimes we come away from a trip feeling like we really got to know somebody either for better or worse. I mean, have you taken a road trip with a romantic partner? That I mean, that will reveal some things, let me tell you. <laughs> but it's because that condensed amount of time that you're spending together kind of fast tracks your process toward getting closer, ideally, okay? So girls' trips can function in this way. Another uh, benefit is... It creates a shared experience and research tells us that a lot of strong friendships are are rooted in that. You do things together. You have experiences together and therefore you feel a little more bonded. So at the, at the heart of it, girls trips are a really powerful tool in helping us create connection and depth in our relationships. Now, in order to make the trip itself a success, there are four things you want to kind of keep in mind to make sure things go smoothly and to help manage everyone's expectations. The first is this. One, you need to account for payment arrangements. I know that sounds very unsexy. And if you're friends with somebody, it feels like it's killing the vibe to have to bring this up. But, you know, let me just give you some examples. Uh, Uber and Lyft, that's something you're going to have to figure out before you go. Who's covering that? You know, how are we going to arrange for all these back and forth we're taking from the excursion to the hotel to the airport? At a, At the time of this recording, the rates for those kind of rideshare services has increased by 50%. And that increase was supposed to be temporary during the height of the pandemic to cover costs, to cover the fact that they didn't have anybody riding and they didn't have anybody driving. But once the company saw that people were willing to pay, those hikes that you're seeing have remained, at least according to a recent Wall Street Journal article, and people are beginning to shift back to taxis. So it looks like that, that ride price inflation is here to stay. That's something to consider. If rides are like astronomically more than they used to be, how are you all covering that? Is everybody aware of that? Is everybody okay with that? Um, And how will you kind of figure that out? How are you going to manage the cost of each car pickup? One person uh, um, covers everything and then you all just reimburse them at the end? Are you alternating trips? I mean, while it sounds small, these misunderstandings have the potential to brew little tensions if one person feels like they're doing the heavy lifting while others feel like it's not a big deal, which therefore minimizes their feelings. You know, so there's no harm in over communicating what seems like details um, instead of going, assuming, and then it actually was a source of of tension and frustration for somebody in the group, which inevitably kind of spills over to the rest of the trip experience. The second thing you want to consider is creating an itinerary that has a healthy balance of group time and alone time. So I want you to close your eyes and picture a scene from the movie that will be your girl's trip. You're likely picturing all of you sitting poolside together or doing some kind of group sightseeing together as you walk down the street. Whatever it is you're picturing Y'all doing it together, which is great. I bet when you close your eyes and picture that trip, you don't, you're not looking at a scene of you by yourself, but maybe you should. Girls trip aside, okay, if we're speaking about friendship in general, autonomy is a surprisingly critical requirement. A research study from 2019 found that relatedness is important in friendship, but the relationship is even more fulfilling when there's autonomy, proving that it's important to maintain a sense of self if you want to maintain a healthy friendship. That plays out in group trips. 
So how can you intentionally carve out time for people to recharge on their own, to do their own thing, to to um, allow them freedom and space to choose what they would like to do, especially for our introverted friends, right? I know those of you listening are like, thank you for mentioning that. So try to be intentional about, you know, creating that time in the itinerary so it's not something that people have to advocate for once they arrive. It's already built in. If you have a super fun excursion for the group planned in the morning, maybe everyone regroups after lunch to let everybody, you know, go about their their day. Maybe they want to take a nap or maybe they want to call their boo or maybe they want to read a book poolside without distraction and as much as you love each other it can strain the relationship to feel like you're constantly chatting negotiating planning and doing everything together you know 24 7 it also provides that much needed rest between outings so you don't burn out and get that dreaded uh, I was ready to leave yesterday kind of feeling so to my extroverted friends it's just something to be mindful of the third thing you want to keep in mind is how you can give everyone a voice in the planning. So I know sometimes there are those default planners, especially, you know, shout out to our type A friends who are like, I've got it, you know, say no more. I'll get this planned. You just show up. That's great. It definitely relieves having to do a lot of the mental labor of figuring things out. And it's easy to assume that everyone will want to do the same things, especially if you've been friends for a while. So you're familiar with everyone's styles, preferences, and respective definitions of a good time. But it's helpful to take just a few seconds to individually ask each person at the bare minimum, what's one thing that would make this trip good for them? Just knowing that there's a desire from the host to create an experience that everyone enjoys can make people feel appreciated, can make them feel seen. And those two things are important in any friendship. And then finally, I need you to consider the group chemistry. Now let's keep it real. If you have two ladies in the group who couldn't get along for a two-hour brunch, what makes you think a weekend in Miami is going to be any different? Okay, group chemistry matters. So the uh, think through these three things. One, the history of the woman going. Are they going to be okay in the same space for an extended time? Is there a level of comfort among them? Uh, the The second thing is consider... Uh, for the group chemistry, the personalities of the women attending. Do you have one woman who's super reserved among a bunch of I'll try anything once, let's get this party started type of ladies? <laughs> Not saying it will be an inevitably unsuccessful arrangement if, if they are different in those ways, but it does have to be taken into account when planning the itinerary uh, because you want to consider people's comfort level, their motivations, and their expectations. And then finally, consider their personalities with respect to the experience itself. What kind of trip is it? And would this person be um, appreciative of that kind of trip? Just a few things to consider if you really want to manage everybody's expectations for a good time. Now, if things go sideways, which sometimes they do, and that can just mean that there's a misunderstanding that kind of trickles over, you know, during the duration of the trip, or when you get back home, things are awkward because somebody said something or you felt, you know, somebody kind of bulldozed your opinions while you were there, whatever it is. If things go left, I need you to do really two things. It's a two part thing. I need you to bring it up and then I need you to keep it moving. So what happens all too often, you often hear me say that way too many female friendships end prematurely because we're avoiding a certain conversation or because we created an entire story in our head that no one 
gave to us. It was completely self-generated. You can say, you know, hey, okay, last night I wasn't cool with XYZ that happened. So can we just make sure that that doesn't happen tonight? In the moment, you have to call out the things that make you uncomfortable or that you feel like are are uh, crossing boundaries or pushing you too far. You have to announce them to your friends. We cannot do that thing where we assume that because we're friends, we shouldn't have to say it. You have to communicate your needs, boundaries, and expectations. That's not something that's going to go away just because you're friends, right? Communication is important. And then keep it moving. What I mean by that is, you know, sometimes things are a little awkward. So naturally you find yourself kind of like distancing yourself because it's it's weird and you just had like this tense talk. And so you don't text as much. You're not checking in as much. Or maybe when you get back, you withdraw a little bit. But that sometimes can contribute to feelings of, of distance, right? And so even though we might not be feeling as close as we normally are because of some things that happened, assuming you've communicated it, and everybody's now on the same page and you're comfortable, then at least keep going with whatever your rhythm normally is. So if you normally check in on Fridays, you know, still check in. Um, That way you're showing like, hey, we had a conflict. Conflict is normal. We worked it out and let's keep it moving. So you can salvage your friendship because we should be fighting for them, right? So as your new official friendship coach, here's your homework. Listen closely. If you plan on going on a trip with friends anytime soon, I challenge you to ask each lady what is the one thing she needs to happen for this trip to feel like a success and the one thing she feels like would be a total downer if it were to happen. She might respond with tangible, specific things, or she may speak more broadly to the experience overall. Either way, it's just a great, quick, and direct way to begin the process of managing expectations and creating an experience that everyone loves. That's your homework. But you know what? For extra credit, I want you to message our team at hello at betterfemalefriendships.com if you personally have connections to Bravo and can help me talk to producers who are interested in hosting an episode where a friendship coach comes in and helps the ladies mediate some of their issues. You know, because if producers are open to the the idea of that topic for an episode, I know a girl who'd be perfect for the job. So in the meantime, you know that I am here rooting for you always on your ongoing journey toward better female friendships. Until next time. (music) 